Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, Mark Krishnes, your host, and uh, I've got quite a few games to talk about this episode. Way more than usual. So, get excited about that. Not so much to get excited about in terms of what I've been watching, because I just finished this morning Star Trek The Next Generation, and uh, I'm happy to be done with it. It is exactly the same as it has been throughout the entirety of my watching, so if you've been listening to previous episodes, there's good, there's bad. Will Wheaton still sucks, though thankfully he was not in the show as much as I thought he was going to be. Though, even so, his little send-off, his swan song of an episode that focuses on him and his decision to not join Starfleet and go his own route was... It was really bad and also had this really weird Native American plot to it that involved Picard and his family legacy. I think maybe his grandfather did a lot of bad things and they just tried to tie all these things together and deliver a message which is admirable, but it did not work at all. And Will Wheaton, Wesley, in the episode was just kind of his usual annoying self. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the lights on because uh, it's looking uh, extra dark right now. So uh, I'm sorry for this for any of you fellow users, but uh, oh, I hesitate to do this. I'm sorry, but Alexa, turn on the ceiling light. Okay, Alexa, what the hell? Turn on the goddamn ceiling light. You don't know that you just did it. Don't tell me you don't know that you just turned it on. Gosh darn, Alexa. Okay, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. But, uh, his episode was, uh, thankfully it was just one episode. But, yeah, TNG is fine. I think, given the length of it, that it's seven seasons, seven full seasons, it struggles a lot, there's a lot of bad in there, there's a lot of stuff you can just skip if you're a normal person who doesn't feel the need to watch everything. I liked the fact that at least with the last few episodes or so, we got to see a romance develop between what's her name? Troy and Worf. That was a fun twist that I was not expecting. And I was kind of not as cold on Riker early on as I was as the show progressed. I felt like Right, I I feel like I remember people talking about how bad he is early on, and he starts to become better as time passes and the show and his character develops more. But I found him to grow more and more annoying and more and more of a piece of shit as the show developed. But maybe that's just me. There was, you know, it was good. I mean, the biggest annoyance is the the lack of any kind of real development or growth between Picard and Crusher, Dr. Crusher, Beverly. 
because there's clearly a lot there and we get hints of it, but they never really do too much with it outside of the last episode where we get to have some fun moments because of the various timelines and everything that happens. And I'll say, I'll say that the, the final episode of The Next Generation is very, very, very good. There were some frames missed due to rendering lag. Did I still have handbrake running when I started recording this? Maybe I did. I may have had a little too many hands in the pots in the oven, whatever that say it is, when I initially started recording this. But we're good now. We're good now. Uh, yeah, that's enough Star Trek The Next Generation talk. And that is the end of it until I get to the movies whenever that happens. But what I'm going to start watching next, I have no idea. I'm thinking about maybe Farscape. Maybe an episode of Lost here and there now. I've been thinking about returning to Lost for a while because as bad as a lot of it is, or a lot of it is just dumb crap, but it's enjoyable dumb crap. I just really don't like Kate, and I know she's a main player, and that was what pushed me away when I left the first time. But uh, we'll see. I also just want to say that I am watching continuing to watch the 2003 ninja turtle animated series and it is good but what i find incredibly annoying and i think it started this season it may have also been in the previous seasons but i'm noticing it way more in season three a lot of the ancillary characters or singular episode characters who may be the antagonist of that particular episode so you may have somebody who's robbing a bank like some heist group whatever you want to call them gang of gang of gang of heisters they are often voiced by the same person the same voice actor and sometimes they voice multiple characters in the same episode and this is to be expected sure i understand but the problem is the voice actor in question is the voice actor for adult Goku. And he is, for me, the only voice actor I can think of off the top of my head who I can't hear as anyone else. It's just Goku all the time. And that's because, for me, Dragon Ball is my comfort show. My comfort... I don't know if I would strictly say my comfort animated show or just my comfort show in general. But I find it very comforting and a large part of that is because of Goku and his voice. I think he so perfectly encapsulates the personality of Goku and all the various ranges of him so that whenever I hear him in other shows, I, I, I just can't help but hear Goku. And when I'm hearing his voice so often in the Ninja Turtles and hearing it multiple times for multiple characters in one episode, it's really distracting, really annoying, and it drives me fucking crazy. But outside of that, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's definitely more of a serious show than the original series. You get to see them being more ninja which is fun at times. Something that I think... I'm trying to think if there are other examples. Because uh, like the, the, the CGI show from 2012 didn't have many ninja things. And I'm talking about stuff where they are uh, climbing in the walls, hiding in the shadows, being true ninjas, not just fighting or shit like that. 
So that, that's fun to see. But that's it in terms of what I've been watching. So we'll see what I'll be watching next uh, next week. Because who knows? Nobody knows. So let's just get on what I've been playing, all right? How about it? Sound good? Okay. So I'm going to start off with Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which is the latest game from Ilphonic, makers of Friday the 13th, Predator Hunting Grounds, I think it was called, and there may have been a few other games in there, but those are the two that I know off the top of my head. I didn't play any Predator, but I played a fair amount of Friday the 13th and did an Attack the Backlog episode for it. And I liked that more than I was expecting. With Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, I was cautiously excited. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan. I liked the first movie well enough. It's a fun movie that is very reliant on the strength of its cast and their chemistry with one another. Because the actual Ghostbusting and all that, not that exciting. Until the very end when you got the giant marshmallow man. The state puffed marshmallow man. That's fun. Except uh, the fact that they had a doll of that when the movie originally came out. That had glow-in-the-dark eyes. And one time my brother took that doll. Shone a light on it. <laughs> shined a light on its eyes so that they would glow in the dark. As they are want to do and then hid it in the basement in a dark place then sent me down there so that I could be scared the fuck from that goddamn glowing eye bastard but uh Spirits Unleashed is an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person plays a ghost and then you have four people playing the Ghostbusters if you don't have four people the rest will be filled with AI Ghostbusters and they are dumb as shit so don't rely on them don't expect anything if you're playing against a human ghost you better have a full group of human ghostbusters of human ghostbusters because the AI is horrible but you can also play offline with AI teammates and an AI ghost you can play as a ghost against AI ghostbusters and the the way it works is that you just go on jobs to earn XP and earn XP for both of your character, yourself, and your equipment because you will be earning separate XP for everything uh, depending on how much you use it, etc. And that's it. When you are on these jobs, what you have to do if you are a Ghostbuster is obviously capture the ghost. To do this, you have to tether it and get in your trap but there will be three rifts that they have that allow them to transport between various places on the map so they can not so much teleport but they can use these to get to a, a faraway location very quickly uh, in a way that you cannot so in order to make sure they stay captured you have to destroy all these rifts or they can even when trapped can return to one of the rifts so to fully capture a ghost, you're going to have to destroy those rifts. And in the process of doing all this, you will be running into civilians who, if they get super scared, they might run you over uh, and they'll run away, which counts as a negative towards you, which I don't understand because if a civilian flees the scene, 
That should be fine because that means they're going to be safe. Also, why are all these civilians there? One of the mechanics of the game is calming them down, which involves holding a button and then pressing another button when it comes into the, the on each of these uh, calming down sections, uh, tasks. There'll be a little points on the, the, the bar where if you press it at the right time, you'll get a 25% or 50% bonus depending on how good you are at timing and your reaction speed. But that's all you're, you're really doing. You got your, your PK meter that you can use to find the ghosts if they're hiding in an object. And then the, the ghosts also drop fungus all over the fucking place, which you pick up for XP. <laughs> I swear to God, I think half of my time playing this game was just going around collecting fungus, 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 fungus fucking everywhere. Holy crap. When you're the ghost, you got a handful of abilities depending on the ghost you are. You only have one unlocked at the very beginning. And you can drop down minions who will go around and pester the Ghostbusters. And then stuff that allows you to slime other people. You can do a little slime thing. And then you can haunt objects and possess them. By possessing them, you are able to move around as them, but that also helps to refill your spare meter, whatever it's called. I want to like this game. It's structured very much so like the Payday games, which if you've never played those, those are heist games where you play as bank robbers and then you go on heist, you collect money, come back, earn XP and do all that. And it's very structured that way where you're just taking jobs. There are like six maps, I think. And there are side missions, too, that ask you to destroy 15 minions with your PK blast, etc. But it gets repetitive real fast, and it's not super fun on either side. I, I found the civilian mechanic annoying. I did not want to deal with them, and I did not deal with them. I just avoided them. I let the AI do their thing or fellow teammates because I just did not care. And it doesn't seem like there is a huge adverse effect to not dealing with them if they run away. It's not like the house or the, 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 the location gets haunted that much faster. Because when you're playing as a ghost, your, your goal is to fully haunt the location. And you do this by scaring people possessing objects, haunting objects, just creating an overall ruckus. But it's just not that much fun. It's got a nice look to it. I enjoyed most of all creating my character and their look, except that got reset at one point. I don't know why. It just got completely reset and it was very frustrating because I spent a lot of time, especially working on my person's mustache and it just all went to hell. But I, I find the upgrade system a little annoying in that it's, I just wish it was all cosmetic because early on it's going to be harder doing this or that. And it's simply because you have weaker equipment. It's also very much so a cooperative game. Whereas Friday the 13th worked well with randoms. And I think it's, Partially because of the thematic nature of that game compared to this, where you're just a bunch of camp counselors trying to survive. And yes, you are working together, but there's also that that mindset of 
well, if I can get out, fuck all y'all. I don't care. We're, we're working together. But if I see an out, if I see an out, I'm getting out of here, and I don't give a shit about any of you. Which is often the case with like the boat. <laughs> if you can get the boat running, you're not waiting for anyone to come by. If you get the car running, you might stop if you come across somebody if they're in the middle of the road. But you just want to get the hell out of there. And in Ghostbusters, it's clearly a more cooperative focus game because you're playing a group of Ghostbusters trying to take out this ghost. So there are things that are many ways in which working together gives you bonuses. So if you're trying to destroy a rift, if you're doing it by yourself, it's going to take a long ass time. You do not do a lot of damage. But as soon as more of the busters start taking down or trying to destroy one together, the multiplayer, the, the damage multiplayer goes up and you're able to destroy one a lot faster. Problem is, they again, this is maybe with randoms it'll still be fine but the AI is so stupid the AI is just way too stupid to be useful in any capacity there are so many instances where the AI would just stand out in place with their PK meter and they'd just be looking at it they wouldn't be looking at it and trying to find something they wouldn't be like moving around and like oh there's something over here oh let me let me let me follow this and, and see where this leads me they're just fucking standing there and just looking at it what are you? What are you doing, buddy? Is something there or not? If there's not something there, fucking go find something. Do something. And they they love talking to civilians, man. They love common civilians. So good on them for that, I guess. But they're so freaking stupid. And one of the most frustrating things to me is the lack of access, uh, accessibility options. Because when you play as a ghost. One of the main mechanics is that if you get caught, if you get tethered, you have to mash uh, on Xbox, which is where I'm playing it. You have to mash the X button. And there is no way of adjusting this, changing it so that you only have to hold it. And I understand the reasoning is because that would make it a lot easier. And there has to be some kind of difficulty tied to breaking free so that it's not just so you just hold the button and, and you're fine. But I think they could have thought it out a bit better maybe have it be a, a timing based thing where it's more quick time eventy and they put on button prompts and if you miss one it would slow you down or something i don't know anything other than mashing a button i don't like mashing a button ever and it's frustrating that you don't have an alternative to that particular input but I played quite a few matches as the Ghostbusters and a few as the Ghost, and I just didn't have that much fun. It became evident that the strength of Ghostbusters was always in the cast and their chemistry and the story and just enjoying being in these characters' company. And when you strip that from the game, there is a bit of a story and you have... Winston as the head of the Ghostbusting team and Dan Aykroyd's character, whatever his name is, as the the owner of the company bookshop. And, and that's where you also switch over to the, the ghost side. I mean, it's just kind of mild labor stuff there. It's not really that important. 
Man, just a bit of a, a, a bummer. Because I, I, I thought I thought it'd be good. I thought it could be fun. I just didn't have much of a good time with it. Then we have Medieval Dynasty, which I really like. It, it's a little rough around the edges, but I had probably the most. Yeah, I'd say of the games, there's there's one that I also enjoyed quite a bit, but. Medieval Dynasty is something that I could see myself losing hours and hours and hours in. And I should probably say what it is, because you're like, what is it? What is it? What is this game that is like grabbing you so so much? It is basically Skyrim meets Harvest Moon. And way more on the Harvest Moon side of things. Uh, It's first person, but you can play in third person. And the third person camera and gameplay feels pretty alright, so that's perfectly... A perfectly fine option if you want. Unlike, maybe maybe Skyrim finally made it playable at the very least. But every game prior to that was horrendous. And that's just something that a lot of uh, Bethesda games were never really good at. They were, they were clearly first-person games. And meant to be played that way. But in Medieval Dynasty, you play a young man. You don't have any customization over your character. At least, you know, in terms of their their initial look and everything. And you lose your family. Your parents died and you go to meet your uncle. And you get some flavor, story, text, and all that kind of stuff. There's a bit of voice acting in the cutscenes, I believe. But all of the dialogue after, like, the initial, Hi, how you doing, buddy? is all just strictly text. But the basic gist of the game, because it's way more Harvest Moody than Skyrim because you're not going to be fighting dragons and skeletons and goblins and all these creatures. You're you're way more into the farming and creating a village of your own as well uh, type of thing. You are are given free reign to build on this particular land. And you're kind of set off to do your own thing very early on. You can talk to anyone, romance anyone, but they might be married, they might not be into you because of this, that, or whatever. You have plenty of dialogue options. You can flirt with characters in order to try and get on the good graces. And with characters you don't want to pursue a romance with, you still want to create some kind of rapport with them so that maybe they'll join your, your dynasty. But it's very much so a survival building game where you have to worry about your hunger and thirst and whatnot. You have seasons that happen uh, by default every three days. You go around collecting resources, crafting, everything's unlocked, like all the, all the recipes are unlocked right from the start. And when you start building your village... You'll have to worry about your residents and their well-being as well, which is a nice little thing. And it's just the kind of game that, like, visually, it's a bit rough. It, it runs at 30 frames per second. Disappointing playing on the Series X. It's not a visually stunning game, so it would be nice if it ran a bit smoother. There is regrettable texture pop-in and pop-in in general, which is not 
enjoyable. I, I don't like popping all that much. But from a strictly gameplay standpoint, it is super satisfying in your, in, if you're into that kind of mundane side of things. If you enjoy farming and all that jazz and building up a town uh, and building it your own way, designing it and the, the buildings within it, recruiting people to join your town and seeing it grow, finding someone to romance and watching that develop. That's all really fun, even though there is a bit of jank to it. It's, it's There's no jank to it that's crippling or anything in, in that nature. And the thing I love most of all is, and you can adjust this at any point, uh, you, you have the option to adjust it at the very start of your game, but you, it's not locked in. You can adjust it as much as you want, make it easier or harder as, as you're playing more and more. I love how custom, uh, customizable the game is and how hard or easy it is for you, how much of a casual experience you want, which is similar to stuff like Minecraft where you can turn on the like no creeps mode or whatever it's called. But you can really fine-tune it in Medieval Dynasty where you can set the uh, percentages how much of your your resources you'll need for these things. You can take away encumbrance altogether. You can make it so that you have unlimited health, unlimited stamina. You can adjust the length of a season so that the default is three days, but you can you can make it much longer if you want to have a, a more immersive, slower paced experience. You can you can make it so that your inhabitants, your residents of your town when you eventually build one and get people to, to join it, where you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to you can you can make it really, really low or you can just make it so that you don't have to think about it at all if you just want to worry about crafting and the design of your village, etc. So I really appreciate all that and the fact that you can change that on the fly and the changes happen immediately. Uh, that is something I wish every game had. Give me the default setting. Give me what you, like how you design the game around. You can have all that, but then give me the, the free ability to, to adjust it as I see fit because while it's not really... A game I think my dad would like the whole like he, he's way more into the fucking wanting to kill things so if, it, if that had if there was more of that he'd be into it but the type the types of options they have in there make it so that if my dad ever wanted to try and play a game like this that revolves around crafting and all of that he could do it and not have to worry about his health or his hunger or thirst or any of that stuff. He could just focus on getting accustomed to the the building and all that jazz crafting, etc. And then maybe if he gets really good at that and he's just like, oh man, I can fucking do anything. I can I can do all this in my sleep. I can build a house in my sleep. I, I want more of a challenge. You know, you could you can adjust it then. He'd be like, okay, now you're gonna have to worry about hunger. Now you're gonna have to worry about thirst. Now you're gonna have to worry about your health, etc. 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 So, yeah, there's probably a lot more in the game that I still haven't experienced because it's going to be a meaty game. But 
If those types of games tickle your fancy, Medieval Dynasty is uh, worth checking out. And it just came out on current-gen consoles. It's been out on PC for a year, I believe. And I believe there was an Xbox One version as well, but it hit Series X, which is where I'm playing. It's the version I have. And I think PlayStation 5. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, enjoyed that quite a bit. And Cultic is one of them. I guess the the popular term now is boomer shooters, which is uh, is from 3D Realms. So there, there you, got, you got that going for it. And it's uh, got a nice chunky pixely aesthetic. My doorbell just rang. That might be one of my other Ninja Turtle plushies. That has nothing to do with Cultic. In Cultic, you play a detective who's trying to find a missing person. I believe that was what the story was telling me early on. I, I didn't really pay that much attention. But you start off and you're fighting a bunch, uh, against a bunch of priests. It does have controller support, and I tried it on both keyboard and controller. The controller support is, is, is fine, and there's a nice bit of a fine-tune adjusting you can do with auto-aim or aim assist. So you can you can make it very strong or barely there if you want. I played with it off when playing with a controller. But I found, and the, the layout and all that, standard, this is, this is all standard and it feels pretty good. But compared to mouse and keyboard, mouse and keyboard, I'm just so frustrated by the fact that my old person hands can't really play it's just mouse and keyboard feels really good with shooters and I miss being able to play them for long stretches of time without my hands cramping up and just not wanting to cooperate after maybe an hour that's like pushing it and I, I I think about the apex streamers I watch who play for 12 hours straight and I'm like I know that there's breaks in between games and stuff but still how do you do it how do you do it my knuckles they need some cracking right now but the game itself it feels good it looks good the shooting is super satisfying especially on mouse and keyboard I like the precision you get is way more satisfying when using the rifle, for instance, the bolt-action rifle, and getting a headshot after headshot after headshot is so much better on mouse and keyboard than on controller. The shotgun is nice and booming. It feels really good. It does a lot of damage. You get a nice bloody explosion when you hit an enemy head-on. There's dynamite that is really satisfying because the way dynamite works is that you have it and you have your lighter, so then you light it and then you throw it at whatever velocity you want, and it makes a nice big boom as well. A lot of booms. Maybe that's why all the boomers. No, that's not why they call them boomers. They call them because they're fucking games for boomers. I'm not a boomer, though. I, why, why are they called boomer shooters, man? Call them millennial, millennial shooters. Or what's Gen X shooters? Generation X? Is that the name of the game? Was that the was that the name of that fucking Aerosmith game? Stupid ass game. I love that game though. Is it Generation X? That that, that now seems wrong because Gen X is a, a thing. I I hate being a millennial though. I'm right on the cusp. I, I've seen one one 
article or something or somewhere that had me in the Gen X or whatever previous thing is. And I'm like, yes, I think I belong in whatever group has me with people who don't remember or people who remember what life was like before the internet existed. That's what I want to be. But yeah, I mean, the enemies are kind of, the problem with cultic is that as well made as all of it is, the sum of its parts, it, it's just not that exciting. It's a much slower paced shooter, which isn't bad. It encourages exploration in that sense, because you're not just speeding around, taking on enemies and, and moving at a huge pace and getting into these flow states, but then you're also not getting into those flow states, and it's a little bit boring, a little bit dull. It's way more fun on mouse and keyboard. I, I don't want to keep beating that point until it's fucking dead and buried, and then the cult can resurrect it, and I can fucking mention it again. But... I can't stress this. It's weird compared to other games, and maybe it's because of the slower pace, so it really rewards precision shooting and precision aiming and being super accurate with your shots. But I had so much more fun playing on mouse and keyboard. But even so, it still is pretty dull. It has a very muted color palette. And the secrets that there are to find aren't that exciting because it's not an arena shooter. You don't get into any of these crazy battles where you're moving around and asked to really show what you can do with the mechanics of the game. And uh, it's just... It, it's weird because it's so well made and it feels so good. And I enjoy playing it. But it's just not at that extra special level it's like the most solid 7 out of 10 you could ever want to be and being a 7 out of 10 isn't bad but there's nothing special about it that makes me say you really need to play it this isn't a game I will likely remember in a few months time even Whereas I'm still thinking about Turbo Overkill. I think Turbo Overkill just came out with some new missions or whatever in time for Halloween, and I can't wait to go back to that game. So this doesn't have that. And what was the other game? See, I can't even remember. But like Turbo Overkill, I mean, that, that, that just shows you how good Turbo Overkill is, was in that I still remember. I still remember it by name. I had so much fun playing that game, and I can't wait to play more. And this is a game that is good. It's good, man. It's good. It's just not great. And that's that's a little sad. Next up, we have Evil, E-V-I-L-L-E, -L -L -E, which is a werewolf type, Among Us type. What do you call those games? What are they called? They're not deceit games. I'm trying to think of what they're called in the tabletop world, like Coup and... Shadows over Camelot. Any of those games. What are they called? What are they called? I'm not going to remember. But it's one of those games where you have a handful of people who are trying to work together. And then a few people who are trying to sabotage everything and kill everyone without getting caught or discovered. And it's very Among Us. 
I'm, I'm using that as the example just because I think a lot of people have played that compared to maybe some of these tabletop games, even though I haven't played Among Us. But I've seen it played at times, and I, I can see that there are similar things where, I mean, even like with Sea of Thieves. I mean, in the Sea of Thieves, you're not doing anything. You can put somebody in the prison and vote on it or whatever. But when someone dies or whatever and you discover them, you can... Uh, you can uh, call upon a town meeting and then vote on who you think is the saboteur and then put them into the little birdcage. Well, it's a big birdcage because they're a human-sized person. I mean, they could be a goblin too. And then you can burn them alive if enough people vote them guilty. The The interesting thing about evil is that it feels a bit more grand than something like Among Us, where you're all on a station or something, and you're just going around doing your various tasks, and everyone has a task to do. Or not, I don't think everyone has a task to do. They're just tasks that need to be done, and you go about doing them. In Evil, the, the tutorial isn't that great, but what you're really doing is just going about your day, doing whatever you're tasked to do if you are a regular town person or one of the saboteurs and then you go do various little side missions that are super simple like collecting a few resources for a character or crafting a potion for them or stuff like that and you can you can buy resources that will help you protect yourself at night because when the day is over and night comes you're going to be asleep if you're a normal character you're going to be asleep in your home and hopefully you won't get killed you can set up traps to try and avoid this from happening, but you, you, you just don't know. And it's all well and good. However, it is clearly, clearly not ready for liftoff, for eating, for whatever. It needs more time in the oven. The texture load-in delay in this game is insane at times, taking upwards of like, 10 seconds to fully load in all the textures. Even on like, the character select screen. It's just taking forever to load in these textures. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? The gameplay doesn't feel that great. The things you're doing within the game are pretty fucking boring and super repetitive. You're just doing these same missions over and over again. And... It just is not fun at all. <laughs> I think one of the most... Uh, the not, not glaring things. Oh, I'm trying to think. What's the word I want to think of? What is the word I want to say? I don't know. I think one of the, the, the best or most, most telling things about the game in terms of its quality and what other people are, are, are thinking it's also it's it seems very free to play but it is a premium game not a full price game but you have to pay fifteen dollars to get into the front door and then they have like a deluxe pack or something for more i think maybe 30 but it, it's it does have a barrier to that initial entry with a small price tag but a price tag nonetheless but what was very telling was that in the handful of games I played with other people, and it does have crossplay, it is Xbox and PC only, I believe. When every game I played, maybe 
between a third, no, between uh, 25 to 33% of the, the players would all drop before the game finished because these games can just drag on and they're not that interesting. Going about doing these little side missions, collecting a mushroom and a flower for a character for a little bit of gold over and over and over again, not fun. And there are, there are so many instances where characters are just going about doing things and like, I don't know. I don't, I, maybe the, maybe the, that's the, the bad person. I have no idea. I don't, everyone's just doing their own thing. And, and it doesn't really feel like it's super clear. <laughs> it's just like it, you're doing your thing and then, you know, at some point someone will die and then you can have a town meeting and you can vote on this or that and whatever. It just seems like a game where everyone's doing their own thing. Nobody really cares about anything. And then almost half of the lobby drops because they're like, why am I even playing this anymore? And I don't have a good reason. I don't have a good answer to that. Then next up, you got 41 hours, which has some all right ideas. It's a first person shooter where you play as a dude and you got a lady with you who can teleport and create rifts for you that allow you to get in areas you wouldn't be able to otherwise because of a wire fence. You can't just climb over. Maybe it's an electric fence. Maybe there's a rift. Maybe there's like some other shit there. But they can also go and phase to a specific point and blow up themselves, which is kind of fun. But the game itself feels like shit. It's a horrible feeling shooter. Some of the iron sights are awful. The controls are terrible, and you can't change them in any way, shape, or form. For sprinting, you have to hold down the analog stick. So you can't just press it. There's no option to just change it to a toggle. To crouch, you have to hold the right analog stick. I hate this so fucking much. It feels awful. The sliding in the game feels not that bad. But having to hold the left analog stick and then hold the right analog stick to do it feels horrible. It feels a little bit crisis-y in that you have various abilities that are energy dependent, like cloaking, bleh, telekinesis, and I don't know, slow, you can slow down time. It also reminds me somewhat of a game, I, I didn't play it, but I think Get Even was maybe of this ilk on the last-gen consoles. And it was a downloadable title. This is just... The shooting feels terrible. And the AI is dumb as shit. They don't fucking notice anything. Unless you are specifically in their line of sight, they don't fucking care what you do. So you could shoot someone in the head right in front of them, and they won't fucking do a thing. They won't react in any way. You make a fucking giant mech explode in front of them, they just stand in place. They don't even move from the explosion blast. They're just like, okay, okay. It's just, well, all right. They drop so much fucking health. You never have to worry about that. It's just, it was, it was, it was a struggle to keep playing it for as long as I did. I played through the first area, did a bit of the second area, and I was like, why am I still playing this game? This feels awful telekinesis feels awful to like all the controls are just so weird and the fact you can't change them is so annoying because for instance with the the lady who you can send over to people to to make them explode you hold the 
left or no you hold like up i think on the d-pad to bring up the the point uh, the the little on-screen indicator of where you want her to go and then you press one of the triggers to either make her explode or create a rift for you and it's just incredibly cumbersome it does not feel good at all and that's just the, the game as a whole it's just super cumbersome and, and I mean, it looks like shit too. It doesn't look great. There's just, there's nothing, there's nothing good about the game. Some good ideas, all of them poorly executed, some incredibly poorly executed, and giving you no way of, uh, could just let me fucking change the goddamn controls. I could deal with stupid jank if a game has some, like, if I could just change the controls and make it not feel like shit and make it so that using the various mechanics, like the slowdown and all this stuff, Felt a lot smoother. Maybe I'd actually enjoy it despite the garbagey nature of a lot of the rest of it. I can't do that. And last up is TriFox, which is a third person action platformer with uh, some chunky voxel visuals. It looks okay. I'm not overly fond of it. Decent color and lighting, though. So there's, there's that, but you are a Fox who wants to get your remote control back. I'm pretty sure that was happening. I was like half watching the opening cinematic, but then I saw some text that was like, Hey, you want your fucking remote control back. So I think that's the whole gist of it. You just want to fucking watch TV and your TV does not have, I mean, most TVs don't have on screen or buttons on the, the, their like the TV here. Most don't have those anymore. You know? Those are the good old days when you had built-in channel buttons and all that jazz. But you go around various levels, smashing boxes and barrels, fighting enemies with one of your three different classes that you can switch at your little home base. Mage class, a was it a ranger class and then like a warrior class that all have similar abilities in terms of movement and this but will be different in terms of the types of attacks they have I played mostly as the warrior class so I was melee based and then I had my dash and I unlocked a few more abilities you use the coins you collect during missions to unlock the new classes and then the various abilities they have so with my warrior class I had my hammer that I could beat the shit out of people with. I had a little ground pound that would stun enemies and push them away. And then I had a grapple that would pull enemies to me and stun them as well. And it's all well and good and perfectly fine, but it you don't have any control over the camera. I don't know. It was just, it did not really do anything for me. I I like the the class system and the upgrade system, but the actual act of playing it was kind of boring. The jumping didn't feel that great, and I hate the fact that the the ground indicator for where you'll land, which is important when jumping across narrow spaces or like a you know on 
depth in rocks, instead of it being your shadow, it's just a white outline of where you'll fall. And the, the, the rest of it is just transparent. So it's like your shadow, but just the outline of it and the shadow isn't there. And that is not the easiest thing to see. You really have to be paying close attention. And even then, you could be a little bit off and then fall off something. And it's just, oh, fuck. it's just, it is a, an immediately forgettable game that if you play it, you'd be like, yeah, this is all right. And then the next day, or even later that day, you'll, you'll think to yourself, what was that all about again? The enemies are boring. And it's just, I don't know. The, the, like, the levels are pretty short. I just, just did not get any amount of enjoyment out of it. It felt fine. So it has that over, say, 41 hours. But it just, it is. That's what it is. It is. It exists. But it doesn't have that charm or something extra that you need in a game like this where there are so many of these games I I, I wasn't I, I didn't care about this fox I didn't think they were particularly cute or funny or enjoyable to see do their thing the the world and, and the character other characters that inhabit it you know just as if it is what it was and it wasn't all that that great but uh let us Get on to Patreon questions and call it a day as that was the last game I played. Okay, 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 okay. And I believe we only have two questions. So let's let's get to them. I should have had this already open, but I did not. So, uh, from Lunchbox. What is the stupidest thing you have ever done? To share a reminder, we all do dumb things. I once climbed onto and then subscribed quintly jumped off a car going around 35 miles per hour so i have talked about i don't know on the podcast i don't even get into it but dumbest thing i ever did as an adult was drink a lot of alcohol in a short period of time without drinking water as well or eating any food and then i threw up blood i blacked out and i probably almost died and and i haven't had anything to drink since and i i feel really dumb for even having that happen to me because I think I'm a relatively responsible person and I just I wanted to see I've always had a high high tolerance for alcohol where it doesn't really affect me and I wanted to see how much I could test that and that was a stupid thing that's not a reason to ever drink don't ever do that and I still feel horrible about that because I scared the shit out of my dad. And yeah, I did not like doing that. But the stupidest thing I ever did as a kid was snort a line of pixie stick dust through my nose, as snorting would mean. And I don't know why we were all doing this in grammar school, but we all decided to do it one day, and I did it too. And the thing that made it even dumber... We didn't do it on some type of sanitized surface. We did it on the fucking hallway floor. 
So we just put a line of fucking pixie stick dust on the hallway floor and then snorted it up. I don't even think we used a straw. So we got our face right up on that dirty ass floor that kids are just walking on with their dirty ass feet. I mean, you know, they're wearing shoes, but they're fucking still kids. They're all dirty as shit, man. And they don't clean that shit. Nobody fucking cleans that shit. And I was hopped up for the rest of that day. And, you know, I, I didn't do any permanent damage or anything. But it's still incredibly stupid. And I still think about that and how fucking stupid it was. I also, when I was real little, like super little, I used to light things on fire. I once lit my trash can on fire and then put it in my closet to hide it from my parents. Thinking they wouldn't find it. Uh, uh, the house didn't burn down, so we're all good. It, it went out on its own, thankfully. Didn't light up the clothes on fire or anything. But yeah. Those are some of the dumb things I've done. Then from Jedi, what's your favorite season? This is really hard, but I think I'm going to have to go with Justified Season 2 because Margot Martindale was an incredible antagonist. Seeing her play outside of her normal character was so much fun and she killed it just like she killed some characters on the show it was so fucking good that that show in general is fantastic oh you mean my favorite weather season oh all right in that case i'm gonna have to go with fall my my favorite seasons are spring and fall because of the general weather you get a lot of rain during those times of the year and it's on the cooler side, but it's not too cool. And if I had to pick one as an isolated season, I would say spring. Because I think we get more rain during that time. And it's there's something a little bit nicer. It feels a bit fresher. The, the spring air, I guess, is like a saying or whatever for that reason. It just feels a lot cleaner and fresher. However... The reason why I'm going with fall, and also with spring, you got the the trees growing and everything, and you don't have to deal with fucking raking up leaves and all that kind of horse shit. Nobody wants that. I don't have a tree in front of my house, so I don't have to worry about that. But I wish I'd had a tree, and if I did, I'd have to worry about that. And I don't want to do that. But the reason why I pick fall over spring is because fall leads to winter, and spring leads to summer. I hate heat. I can't handle heat. It makes me really sick, and makes it hard for me to do things and winter is something I can deal with I don't mind the winter I like bundling up it's a lot easier to bundle up than to remove clothing and even with AC or whatever it's not the same satisfaction that you get when it's cold and you bundle up so because of the following season what follows it that's why fall is my favorite season as opposed to spring but as an isolated season again it would it would be spring but if we're looking at it uh, on a grander scale, we'd go with fall. Uh, but yeah, that is it for Patreon questions. And so that, that'll that do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Salsa Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to see more of my stuff and find all my links of import, you can do so over at pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS. And if you enjoy this show or any show or whatever the hell, whatnot, and all, all that jazz, and you would like to support me and my various bits of nonsense, you could do so over at patreon.com slash PXS. 
if you support, and you can support at any tier, you can support for any amount. You don't have to pay the $3 tier or whatever. You just do a dollar a month. Every little bit counts. But if you support at the $3 higher tier, you get to ask questions for this here show, as well as get approved status on the YouTube so that you can write whatever the fuck you want in the YouTube comments. That's right, baby. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Except if you if you say something real, real bad, I'm gonna I'm gonna delete it. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna be like, take your money back and get out of my face. You're a, you're a bad person. So don't think you'd be awful. The three dollars gives you the ability to like post links and and swear like I swear without having to worry about YouTube being like, no, 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 no. But start spouting some nonsense. Get out of here. But uh that is it as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend oh so adios and for now bye